Welcome back to Furry Trash. I'm your host, Get in the Box, and this week I am absolutely honoured and delighted and thrilled to, and oh my god, it's Shikani! Hi! Hi Shikani, tell people who you are and what you do. Hello, my name is Shatani. Uh, she, her pronouns. My fursona is a king cheetah. I live in the United States. Um, I've been an active part of the furry fandom since 2012. And I am a fursuiter, cosplayer, all-around geeky type of person. And yeah. You are just amazing, first of all. I've followed you on Twitter for ages on my personal account. And I saw you in Raskel's group chat on Telegram, which, by the way, uh, listeners, I have my own Telegram group chat for the podcast. Link in the description if you want to check it out. And yes, I saw do. you. And I, I saw you. I was like, oh, my God, it's Shikani. Oh, my God. Uh, fangirl, real hard. So just oh, putting that thank out you there. so much. Because, like, I would know you from online. And, I mean, honestly, I mean, who doesn't know you? Let's be fair about it. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, come on now. I'm not exactly a household name nor trying to be but it's always you know it always staggers me a little bit when folks come up to me at a convention and they're like oh my god shatani i know you and i'm like ah thank you so much that's so cool so yeah you know it's fun it's great and thank you so much for the lovely compliments i mean first of all like okay how can people not miss you because your fursuit your i I don't even if you call it a fursuit your costume i saw you i call it a fursuit (laughs) It's so unique to start with. Like, it's not your quote-unquote typical fursuit. Would you mind, like, describing for the folks who don't know what your fursuit is, would you mind describing what it looks like? Ah, yes, absolutely. So um, I have a rather... It's interesting because these types of fursuits have been around in the community since way back in the early days. Um, And you can see them even in, like, for example... Ash Coyote's fandom documentary and other clips of furry conventions from uh, earlier on in the history of the fandom, but they're not exactly a popular style, so you don't really see them too frequently. Though I have what is known as a use-your-own-eyes fursuit. Um, It is a realistically styled fursuit, not a toony one, and instead of having fake glass or, you know, mesh eyes in the head, um, it's actually open area, which uses uh, my own human eyes as part of the costume. And my fursuit, in addition, is a little bit more unique than that in that it also uses my own hair in the same fashion. Um, My fursuit maker is called Magpie Bones. If you want to look up some more of her fursuits, she specializes in this type of fursuit. So she only makes the suits that use the wearer's own eyes. And there aren't that many people in the fandom these days who do that kind of thing. Um, So, but like I said, uh, these suits have been being made for years and years and years and years. So there's a bunch of us in the fandom, uh, though for some reason, um, my suit seems to be the one that folks are most familiar with. There are tons of other people with these types of fursuits who are running around out there. So yeah, it's something... um, that's usually pretty novel um, to the general furry fandom member. It's not something that they're typically used to seeing when it comes to fursuits. It's like that thing with furries where they message you and they're just like, hi. And you're like, 
hello, what's up? Where did you, uh, do you, where did you come across my account? And they're like, I like your first suit. It's like, oh, thank you. Ha, 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 what are you doing? Okay. All right. Come on. You gotta, you gotta give me more to go with here. And like, I ask them like a full question and they're just like, yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm, uh, not gonna waste my energy talking to you because it's like playing 20 questions here and you're the one who messaged me so you clearly had something you wanted to talk about but i don't know i'm just like am i the odd one out here is this just how other people talk like i can't i can't just do that one word answer thing you gotta give me something to work with right it's like uh is it like the generational gap thing or which i've noticed um you know with the with the younger crowd they're they're more used to instant messaging and like social media and that sort of stuff so what they'll do is they'll send like really short little replies and then they'll expect you to write back immediately whereas you know folks from my generation um when we started in the early days of the internet you know everything was on like forums and message boards where you know you didn't always have internet access and people weren't on the computer all day, every day. So when you went to make a post, you would write like a whole paragraph. It, it was basically like literally writing a letter to the other person. And then you give them a whole bunch to work with. And then a couple days later, whatever, they come back with their reply. And so it's very interesting to see how the um, communication styles have changed and adapted over the years. And, um, yeah, it's part of why I don't really mesh too well with um, with folks from the younger crowd, because our communication styles are just not congruent. Like I've had per I've had somebody where I contacted them for a commission and they were like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, hey, I'm interested in getting commission from you. Can you see? Can I see some examples? They're like, yeah, sure. Here they are. And I'm like, OK, um, I'm going to have to check with my friend and see if they want to get the commission with me. And then like 30 minutes later, they were like, did you hear from your friend yet? And I was like, no, um, I don't think uh, this is going to work out. So thank you for your time and goodbye, because I am not going to I I'm not going to deal with that sort of person because like people have lives uh people live in different time zones like people other people are sleeping while you're awake you know and nothing against them if that's the way that they operate but you know me and them are just on two different wavelengths and it's so not gonna work out so thank you and uh <laughs> i'll move on from there so your character reminds me of the female version of that one guy who got interviewed in the um Lisa Yang, Lisa Lisa Ling, Lisa I can't remember the Ah Lisa Ling interview. Yes, there Captain we go. Boons. Yeah. I'm Captain familiar Boons. with him. Exactly. He also has a use your own eyes fursuit, though he made his himself, which is absolutely amazing and impressive. I believe if you check out his um social media pages, he's even got videos of how he made like a plaster cast of his own face and you know, um the different steps that he took in order to make his own suit. So if anyone's interested in more information about that style of suit, you can check it out and see like even a tiny little bit of all the work that goes into it. Um, but like any other fursuit, it's, it is a three-dimensional work of art. Fursuits are such an amazing um, art piece and part of our fandom. So it's really cool to see. And I love, absolutely love um, all of the different 
advances in technology that we've seen in the fandom over the years. People these days are doing so many cool things with their fursuits. I remember when um, LEDs coming into the fursuits, like light up eyes and things like that. Those were like the coolest thing that you could come across. People who figured out how to make the mouths move. That was something new and unique. And today it's almost taken for granted. Every other fursuit you see has got a moving jaw. And so I love all the creativity there is within the fandom and people pushing the boundaries and trying to make new things. Like right now um, in our fandom, the thing that you see a lot of the time is we've got magnetic eyebrows now. We've got magnetic eyelids for people to change expressions. There are a lot more fursuit makers who are getting into puppetry, um, like, you know, actual strings inside the fursuit head that you can change the expressions, make the ears move, make the lips snarl, things like that. It almost uh, is more reminiscent of the types of costumes that you'd see in movies. And so that's so cool. And I am all about all the creativity and people trying new things and bringing more innovations to our fandom. I love seeing that. Um, so anyways, without doubt, you have a lot of customization with your fursuit. And I have a picture of your suit as the thumbnail for this podcast well the episode anyways um what would be some of the struggles you have with that suit in particular so honestly the suit itself i have very few struggles with um part of its uniqueness is um trying to get around certain limitations that other fursuits may have so um even before i became a part of the furry fandom, I was a cosplayer for many, many years. And as anyone who's cosplayed knows, um, you've got, you know, a lot of elaborate characters that people dress up as, things like wigs, things like heavy, you know, advanced body suits with, like, fake armor and stuff like that. So um, throughout my years of cosplaying, I tried different things and I learned what didn't didn't work for me. And one of the things that I absolutely hated dealing with is wigs. Um, as you can see, or I don't know if folks can see from the, from the picture, but as I mentioned, um, my suit uses my own hair. So yes, my real hair is that long. So whenever I cosplayed a character with different hair, I had to roll my hair up in a ball and shove it under a wig cap. And it was hot and it was itchy and if anyone here has ever worn a wig for costumes or any other purposes you know how you know how much of a hassle it is to maintain and keep it clean and nicely combed and all that stuff so when i became interested in getting a fursuit i knew right off the bat that was not something that i wanted to deal with um, on a regular basis i did a lot of research before I went into getting a fursuit, so I knew all about them. I was jumping into it um, with both feet. So I knew that fursuits are hot and uncomfortable, and you know that's something that really can't be gotten around when it comes to wearing a fursuit, so I wanted to make sure that all other aspects of it were as comfortable for me as possible. In addition, my fursona is very heavily based off of who I am as a real person. Lots of people have personas that look maybe more like 
um, the way that they wish that they could be or the way that they uh, hope to see themselves one day. Some people have personas that look totally different than how they actually look in real life. And that's always really cool to see. Um, as for me, I chose to base my persona off of myself. So she's pretty much a one-to-one uh, translation of the real life me, only difference being that she's a cheetah instead of a human. So she has the same hair as me, the same eyes as me, the same body type as me. I took all of that into consideration when I was looking for a fursuit maker. So since my fursona has the same hair as me, I found that it wouldn't really make too much sense for um, me to get your standard type of fursuit where I'd have to put my real hair under the fursuit and then get a wig to go on top of that, which would, you know, be more expensive, be more costly, and it just seemed redundant to me. The same thing with the eyes as well, actually. Um, the glasses that I wear on my fursuit are the same as the actual glasses that I wear in real life. I do need them to see. So when I was looking into fursuits, I wanted... I had no idea if it was possible, but I wanted to see if there was anyone out there who'd made a fursuit where the person could wear their own glasses over the suit. And I did a little bit of research. I didn't find too much. This was also compounded by the fact that I envision my fursona as a realistic character as opposed to a cartoon styled character. And, you know, a lot of the fursuits that you see out there are the Toonie style. So that right off the bat narrowed down my pool uh, quite a bit. But in researching, uh, one day I came across a certain fursuit maker named Magpie Bones. And they only made fursuits where the person used their own eyes. And, you know, you put a little makeup in the, uh, on the skin area that's shown around through the eye holes. And it makes it look like a seamless transition. I was like, oh, those are pretty cool. And I went way, way, way back in her gallery, and I saw she had made one head with the person's hair coming through. And I was like, oh, my God, it's really possible they can do it. And I was like, yes, this is the person that I want to make my fursuit. And so I started saving up, and I was so excited. And that was pretty much how I came across um, the maker of my fursuit. At the time, there was one other person this was back in like 2012 or so there was only one other person who i had found doing the use your own eyes thing still and um they their suits were you know they looked okay but magpie bones stuff looked phenomenal um and the other person also could not do the use your own hair thing magpie bones was the only person i found in the fandom who was able to to do that feature um, so that, as soon as I saw that, I knew right off the bat, yep, that's who I want to make my fursuit. 20 minutes to get a fursuit head on. Like, last. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm quick. Like, I'm in a, I'm in a group chat with a whole bunch of other Magpie Bones fursuiters, and I do, compared to them, I do a relatively simple makeup application, um, and they do like whole more elaborate things and it takes them ages to get ready for fursuiting. 
Um, or I should say some of them, of course, you know, it's personal preference and there are a ton of, uh, of us magpie bonus suitors who will just put the head on and go about your business uh, and they don't even bother with the makeup thing. And that's a look in and of its own. So that's awesome. But, you know, um, <laughs> when it comes to the, um, the fursuit application, I'm actually one of the quicker ones I've found in my experience. You know, the reactions that I get from people they really have never seen anything like this before and uh, it's so interesting to come across because um when i joined the fandom i didn't really foresee myself doing it you know too too publicly um you know i thought i'd just be doing my own thing and it came to um it came to pass that me doing my own thing, quote unquote, was something that a lot of folks were interested in. And I found myself getting a lot more um, attention that I had originally foreseen. And of course, you know, with that attention, there comes the good and the bad. Something that I didn't really ever foresee happening was the fact that, you know, as furries, I'm sure anyone listening to this, we're all, uh, we've all received one or two uh, unkind comments in our day from the about the things that we uh, choose to spend our free time doing but one thing that I didn't really foresee and was pretty um, surprised by was the fact that a lot of the negativity that I see pointed towards myself is actually coming from other people within the fandom instead of people who aren't furries themselves and I find that very interesting I don't think a lot of it is malicious. I think it just has to do with the fact that folks have never seen someone like me before. And um, in this current climate and this day and age, people are used to just spreading their opinion without taking a moment to think and run it by the fact that there is another person that you're speaking to on the other side of that screen there. Um, so a lot of what I get is just, you know, mainly, you know, ignorance, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's something that I hadn't really considered and it does surprise me. So I've taken some steps to, you know, to try to mitigate that as much as possible in my online spaces. Um, I thought that it was something unique to myself because you don't really see people talking about that a lot. You know, um, a lot of the times the advice is to just ignore it or to block and move on. So when I found myself being faced with that sort of thing on a regular basis, I sort of internalized it as the fact that um, I would just have to, that was just something unique to me. And it only was when um, I was speaking to another friend who has fursuits of the same style as myself. And she mentioned that she gets those comments as well. And I was like, oh my God, you do too? She was like, oh yeah, I've been, you know, it, it's, it happens to me quite frequently and, and it's been forever. And I was like, I, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> I thought this was, you know, I thought it was just me that, that that was happening to. And so um I try to highlight that. Not not exactly highlight it. That's the wrong word to use. But I don't exactly sweep it under the rug. And I do try to bring attention to it so that we as a fandom 
can learn and grow and better ourselves. And I find that, you know, in mentioning it, other people have come to me in the same position as I was saying, oh my God, I experienced this too. And I thought I was alone. And thank you for sharing that because I would have otherwise thought that, you know, um, people just didn't like me for whatever reason. And, and so, you know, that's that's something that I try to to bring attention to, at least in some small regard that, you know, you just got to be a little bit more considerate just because you see something that may not be your personal preference doesn't mean that you need to broadcast that opinion of yours, especially when it's going directly to the person involved. Because like I said earlier, um, anyone participating in a hobby is doing so for their own entertainment and enjoy it, enjoyment. They wouldn't be doing it if they didn't find it fun. And, you know, other people's opinions of what you do really don't matter. As long as you're the one having fun and enjoying yourself, that's the thing that really makes a difference. Well, Shikani, speaking of online spaces and online places, where can people find you online? So if people are looking to find more of me online, I do have a YouTube channel that is youtube.com slash Shikani. That's S-H-E-T-A-N-I. Um, I do a little series called Cheetah Chat, where I talk about various topics pertaining to the furry fandom and my interests and any sort of thing like that. I try to talk about things that I don't see other people covering within the fandom. Um, I also do, well, I did convention videos back when conventions were a thing um, and anything else that I really come across. So that's the sort of content people can expect to find from me there. I'm also on Twitter all day, every day. Um, my handle there is at Shatani Cheetah. And I'm on Instagram as well under the same username at Shatani Cheetah. And don't forget, you can find us online. You can follow us at Instagram at furry.trashpod, Twitter at ftrashpod, support us on Ko-Fi and buy brand new merch available at Ko-Fi forward slash ftrashpod. And join the Telegram group chat. There's a link, I believe it's the first link in the description. If you want to have a look in and see what the story is with the group chat, it's probably the best place to get all up-to-date features. All future members are in there. All future guests even are in there as members. It's such a great like, little trash can place. So, Shikani, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm sorry I have butchered your name throughout the whole episode. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for tuning into Furry Trash. Thank you for tuning into Furry Trash. If you like what we do and want to support us off air, the links to our Instagram and Twitter are below in the description, as well as links to our Ko-Fi shop and Telegram group chats. See you guys there.